It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm Menas. It's our wrap of the first test versus New Zealand, day one. And I've got a special guest. I've got Adam Bell from the Cricketeers podcast based out of New Zealand. Adam, welcome to the show. Nine for 279 Australia at the end of day one. A cracking day's test cricket. Well, firstly, Minas, thanks for having me on your show. Um, oh, look, what a day of test cricket. I mean, mate, that was sensational. I mean, the whole day had so much ebbs and flows. Um, the pitch was doing enough. We saw some great batting from Cameron Green. Um, it was just a really, really good day of Test cricket. One of the best days of Test cricket I've seen in New Zealand for for a while, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to go through all the action. Um, but before we do that, I I was recording a preview of this series with Alex Ross, and while I was recording. Neil Wagner announced his retirement. So, you know, we were speaking about uh, Wagner going at Smith with the short ball, and that's going to be a great matchup. A hit end record. Look on my phone. Wagner's retired. So um, that that was a great. But, um, Adam, it, were you surprised that Wagner retired um, when he was dropped? Absolutely, I was. Um, look, I thought this would possibly be Wagner's last series. Um, as he's 37 going on 38, and I think his, his form had, had dropped somewhat in the last you know, year of his career. But, look, I was I was very, very surprised, um, if I was to be honest, that he retired um, after the first test. And I'm actually also very surprised that he wasn't given um, the, the, this first test, to, to be honest. I'm, I'm very surprised with everything around Scott Kugelheim um, that, that he was um, left out of the team. And also, as you mentioned, you know, his battles with Steve Smith have been um, legendary in, in their meetings in Test cricket. Yeah, absolutely. So let's look at the teams. So New Zealand won the toss, sent Australia in, and Australia was as expected, and no surprise with their 11. But as you say, um, New Zealand, they didn't pick Santner, and they went for four quicks. 
um, that, you know, they went for Henry Southie, O'Rourke and Scott Kugeline with um, Mitchell and Ravindra as the backup bowlers. So, so you don't like that bowling attack? I, I like the four. I like the four quirks. Um, for me, it was just Scott Kugeline's selection. I mean, if you're going to go on the four quirks, then I, I would have given Wagner a go. Um, you know, these these are a few reasons for that. I mean, the situation um, or circumstances regarding Scott Kugeline off the field is one, um, and I don't think yes. his performances in domestic cricket really have been strong enough. And and I think Wagner deserved a final series. You know, especially after the series that he had against Sri Lanka last year as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think sometimes you want to do what the opposition least wants. And I think there's a few Australian batters, not just Steve Smith, who would have been breathing a little easier knowing they wouldn't have to face Wagner. Um, because you, you sort of imagine a guy like Wagner would lift against the Aussies. He always sort of has done. So I'm with you on that one. So New Zealand, they they send Australia in. But overhead conditions were pretty good. It was a pretty clear day in Wellington. And I thought in the first couple of hours, just sort of um, before the first wicket, um, New Zealand didn't quite attack the stumps enough against Smith and Kawaja. And I thought Smith and Kawaja were very patient and just um, soaked up the pressure. It was almost anti-basball, Adam. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there was a collective a, a relief from New Zealand fans when we all found out that, that New Zealand had won the toss, or sorry, Pat Cummins had lost the toss and New Zealand um, decided to bowl first. But And I think that the New Zealand bowlers seemed like they just thought things were just naturally going to happen. And, and as you point out, New Zealand bowled a little bit too short. They didn't really attack the stumps. They didn't get their length right. And it wasn't really until Matt Henry, um, just this, Steve Smith, that kind of changed the momentum of, of the game. We saw the New Zealand bowlers come out with a lot different game plan after lunch, especially that, that first 30 minutes where they, they were able to get Lovishkakni and um, really put some pressure um, on the Australian um, middle order. Yeah, definitely. So Smith and Kawaja, they get through till 12 minutes before lunch and then Smith edges one to the keeper blundle off Henry for 31 so Australia are one for 61, and then they go to lunch one for 62. So a very slow session, um, you know, proper test cricket, Adam. Uh, you know, did you did you like it? Did you like to see, you know, a couple of Aussies really dig in and fight? Uh, look, I thought the, the batting was really superb when you think about the conditions that they had to face. Um, interestingly, last year when England toured New Zealand and, and, and played at the Basin Reserve in similar conditions, you had Ben Duckett and Crawley going after it. You had um, Harry Brook um, scoring 100 in, in, that, in that game. So it was a completely different approach. It was quite refreshing to see the old-school dogged approach. The only thing I will say from a from a New Zealand perspective is that Australia never got away from New Zealand, uh, from Australia. Sorry, what am I saying? Australia never got away from New Zealand. So um, though they batted extremely well to, to really see off the, the new ball challenge from New Zealand, they never pushed the game ahead. So New Zealand were always a chance of taking a few wickets and getting back into the game. That's the only thing I'll say um, about the Australian approach is that they, because of the slow start, they weren't able to really get that momentum going and take the game away from New Zealand. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so Australia go to lunch one down, and then 
you know, not long after lunch, um, Labuschagne edges one off Kugeline to Mitchell at first slip for one. So Australia then two for 65. And then not long after that, Kawaja's uh, bold, good ball from Matt Henry, cut back to the left-hander, cannoned into the stumps, and he was out for 33. And so Australia was three for 88 at that stage. And then uh, Travis Head was caught behind for one off the bowling of Willow Rourke, and that had Australia four for 89, and they'd lost four for 28. And that was really probably where the match turned back in New Zealand's favour and sort of vindicated Southie's decision to bowl. Plus, I thought they just pitched the ball up more and attacked the stumps, and the Australians took the bait. Absolutely. And and New Zealand bowled well in the first session. Um, they, They bowled tight. They didn't bowl that many um, loose deliveries, but they weren't full enough and they didn't quite create the chances that are expected on a green pitch. So I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think um, mm. Matt Henry bowled exceptionally well um, throughout the day um, and he's just come on in leaps and bounds for New Zealand in test cricket over the last few years. At, some, at one point in his career, he was averaging close to 50 with the ball um, and that's come down into the, to the mid-30s and, you know, if New Zealand has needed a breakthrough in all formats of cricket, Matt Henry's been the one that's been able to provide um, that breakthrough. Yeah. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just a, com- a compelling passage of play. Um, and, and then, so, and this is where I think Australia started to fight back. And we'll, I won't, we'll sort of talk about who maybe got the honours of the day at the end. But, you know, from here, Cameron Green really was the story. He anchored the rest of the innings. He ends up being 103 not out at the end of the day's play. And he puts a nice little partnership together with Mitch Marsh. They take the score from four for 89 to five for 156. So they put on 67 and they do it quite quickly. Marsh scores uh, better than a runner ball, 40 off 39. And that was a nice little partnership. They actually got through till T. So Australia was four for 147 at T. It's scored three for 85 in that second session. Um, so, again, things still pretty even, I would say. But then straight after T, they get Mitch Marsh out. Um, he tries to pull one off Matt Henry and he's out for 40 and that had the score five for 156. Um, I thought Marsh played well, not a great shot, but he's a pretty dangerous player when he's in that sort of mood. Absolutely. And this is what Mitch Marsh is in the team to do. And and he's been doing this since that hundred that he got in England in the ashes. He's been scoring vital runs and we saw in the series against Pakistan. Now he was able to, to bat extremely well and get Australia out of these tight situations by putting pressure back on on the bowlers. Um, I mean, sure, it was a loose shot, but, you know, I think these are the types of things that you have to expect with with someone that plays in the same manner as Mitch Marsh. And I guess Travis Head's probably another one, you know, who plays the same way. Um, you need to understand that at some times they are going to play those loose shots, but when they come off, they put so much pressure on the opposition and can change the momentum of, of the game. And, and we saw Mitch Marsh do that to some degree and also took a lot of pressure off Cameron Green. So Cameron Green at the other end knew he just had to to just be the secondary person, the partnership, take let Mitch Marsh take over and then kind of just play his own game. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you see that in Green's acceleration. He made his first 50 off 108 balls and then his next 50 off just 46 balls to bring up his second test century. But 
before that, um, Alex Carey was out to a disappointing shot. He just spooned one off Kugeline straight to cover. We didn't spoon any kind of drove it straight to the field that came Winnington for 10. That was a bit of a soft dismissal. Um, Mitch Marsh was um, caught in the cordon off Willow Rourke for nine. And at that stage, Australia was seven for 211. And at this point, with all those players back in the pavilion, Adam, you probably think from here the day just got away from New Zealand. Yeah, I, I like I, I do. You know, I, I think... New Zealand would have been happy to bowl Australia out for 250. And I think at 7 for 211, um, bowling Australia out for 250 was a realistic target. But then we see, you know, Pat Cummins again, even though he didn't kick on and get a a substantial score, he again changed the momentum of the inning somewhat with with that um, good striking off Ravindra. And you could see the plan from Pat Cummins when he got in to try to get as many runs before the new ball was taken. Yeah, and from here they, you know, um, they scored two for sixty-eight for the rest of the day, Australia. So they're, they're getting up close to three hundred, which is, I would say, a competitive total. Um, after Mitch Stark was out, Nathan Lyon was out just before Stumps uh, caught behind off Henry, and that was Henry's fourth wicket. And you spoke about it before. He ended up with the figures of four for forty-three. He was exceptional. Um, and, and then in the last over of the day. Um, Cameron Green put on a show hitting three boundaries to bring up his 100. That was really exciting stuff. I don't know if um, you're a big Cameron Green fan, Adam, but I am. He's been on the show. He's a, he's a lovely guy. And, and that, that was really exciting to see Youngs to bring up his second century with the, uh, an immense amount of pressure, still trying to lock down the number four spot with Josh Hazelwood at the other end who could get out any ball. And he just, um, yeah, he took it on and he brought it up. He's uh, a beautiful 100. I really enjoyed the way he went um, to his 100. And I am actually a big Cameron Green fan. I I know that he gets a lot of hate on social media. There's been so many raps put on him. And when you've got a kid who has so much expectations put upon them, I think sometimes people need to realise that this kid is only, what, 25? He's still got so many more years in his career. Mm. And other great players have taken a a long time in their careers to get going. Um, even have to look at Kane Williamson on, on the New Zealand side of it, who after 29 test matches only averaged 35 with the bat. Sometimes players take a while to get their feet in international cricket. And I'm, I was ecstatic for Cameron Green to get that 100. And I think the way he went about it, um, to go from 91 to 103 in, in that final over was was fantastic. And those, some of those shots up by Rourke were, were superb, especially with the field out. He could have played it safe. He could have you know, maybe try to chip them into the outfield and get get them and get his hundred and twos, but no, he he backed himself, and I thought it was a brilliant innings. And I think from from his perspective, I think this is an innings that he can really build on um, in the rest of his career. It's a bit of a turning point. Um, he's played some good innings overseas before. Um, in, in Sri Lanka, played a match winning innings over there a season or so ago. But I think this is just another cap for for Cameron Green to really um, build on now. Um, so I'm, I'm thrilled um, that he that he played such a, a fantastic innings in real tough conditions. And I think that's got to be highlighted. Sure, it's 100, but it's it's the way he got that 100. His first 50 runs, it was scratch. He was playing and missing, but he, he hung in there. He showed so much maturity. And then the way he went from 50 to 100, I thought was, was superb. And I think his match awareness um, really stood out. And I think he's got a, a massive future ahead of him. So I was thrilled that he got 100. And I'm... 
and I'm thrilled for all his fans and and also the fact that all those haters that um mm-hmm. that have given him grief can can now see the kind of talent that this this kid has. Yeah, indeed. So um, Australia finished today nine for two seventy nine. So they scored five for one hundred and thirty two in that last session, going up over four runs per over. Green's one hundred and three, not out. Hazelwood is yet to face a ball. I mentioned Henry. Uh, so top score Cameron Green one hundred and three. Mitch Marsh scored 40, his second top score. Then you got Kawaja with 33 and Smith at with 31. I guess one thing to note is Marnus Labashane having another failure, just one of 27 deliveries. He's really in a bit of a form slump at the moment, so he's got a bit of a challenge to turn around um, uh, in the rest of this series. Um, and then William O'Rourke has got Kugel on two wickets each and Ratchin Ravindra got Nathan Lyon. Um, uh, sorry, Pat Cummins. So, yeah, um, would you say, Adam, an even day or slightly Australia's favour? It's a real tough question, isn't it? I mean, I, I guess there's the old adage, you've got to wait until see two teams play on the same pitch. Um, but I think New Zealand will be happy um, to have Australia restricted around 270. Um, if they can get Hazelwood out early tomorrow morning, all green and get us and restrict Australia to, to 270. I think they'll be happy. Um, however, if Cameron Green can, can stay in for a while and if they can, Australia can put another, say, 20 or 30 runs on the board and get close to that 300 mark, I think Australia will, will feel real happy. So I think the game right now, where it stands, is really in the balance. And, and that's why it's been such a fantastic day of, of Test cricket. We're looking at the end of the day going, who. Is in front, and and honestly, I, I think both teams could probably argue that they have the advantage right now. Yeah, so Cameron Green on the TV coverage said New Zealand are on top at the moment. Um, I guess, and he said because New Zealand have strong batting. So I guess we'll see um, tomorrow. As you say, we've got to see until both teams bat on it. I think um, Hazelwood, Stark, and Cummins will get a bit more out of this pitch than perhaps some of the the New Zealand bowlers. I thought Southie. It's a bit flat today. I thought Kugelin, I don't rate him um, too highly. I thought William O'Rourke showed signs of life, but he was a bit erratic. But, you know, I think our attack could be a, a handful. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And and you've, you've got to think about the New Zealand batting on it. Like, he hasn't really had to play against top-quality attacks in Test cricket. We've come across, or we played our last series against South Africa, um, which, to be honest, is a... A, a good domestic attack, attack at best. Um, so I think it's going to be a massive challenge for the New Zealand batsmen tomorrow. Um, I think the, obviously the key is always going to be Kane Williamson, but I think he's going to have to have some support around him with New Zealand to, to get a good total on the board. Um, a lot of talk about the pitch possibly flattening up as the, as the sun comes out. But as we saw today, um, even at the end of the day's play, there was still some life in the pitch. So I think Australia will get some some movement from the deck. And if and if the overhead conditions are a little bit overcast, then that also um, plays its part as well. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating day of, of test cricket. And, and the one jewel that Australia has that New Zealand doesn't have is a quality off-spin bowler. Um, so that Indeed. will be, you know, very interesting, especially as the game goes on. I think if the pitch does dry out, New Zealand is chasing, say, on the fourth and fifth day, and you've got Nathan, you know, having to contend with Nathan Lyon. Well, that's going to be a challenge that they haven't 
had to face in New Zealand conditions for some time. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I was I was saying before this series, Adam, that uh, I feel like when New Zealand plays Australia, they kind of um they, they just seem to play their worst cricket. Not their worst cricket, but recently we never see the best of New Zealand. When we play, like even in the recent T20 series, you know, we spanked you guys 3-0. It was, you know, one game was competitive. You know, why is it, do you think, that the New Zealand side is sort of doesn't show its best against Australia? Is it is it the sort of big brother, little brother thing? That's an interesting question. I mean, I guess if you look at, say, say 10 or 15 years ago or 20 years ago, even, say, late mid to late 90s, Australia always had a better team than New Zealand. You know, we talk about the Warren era, the Hayden era, etc. I guess now New Zealand has a lot better team and, and it's been reflected in a World Test Championship one a few years back and, and how well we've been playing in Test cricket over the last few years. So you'd expect that any New Zealand side now would be able to put up a great fight against Australia in all formats. I, I was thinking about this the other day and, and I, was, I was thinking about New Zealand versus Australia in the context of of T20 cricket um, before the series started. New Zealand played Pakistan uh, in the T20 series before, and Pakistan never really put any pressure on New Zealand. They weren't playing aggressively. They, they, you know, and the, the way they approached the game is a lot different um, in, terms, in regards to the batting. Where you saw the Australian side, the Australian side completely packed with power hitters, and I think that's kind of, and it's always been a little more of an Australian mentality of playing aggressive cricket. And I think when sometimes when teams come aggressively at New Zealand, that is where we sometimes fall short. So I think that's possibly the reason why we don't necessarily play our best cricket against Australia. Um, And that's why I think today was quite interesting. And the series is interesting because unlike a lot of the other great Australian sides that had, you know, Langer, Hayden, Ponting, you know, very, very attacking top three, this Australian top three, in comparison, is is a, is a lot more conventional, and in the way that they approach the game. Obviously, you've got you know, head marsh, etc., um, down um, in the middle order. But that's why I think this the series was always going to be interesting. Um, and, and we saw even against England last year, um, New Zealand struggled a little bit against England when England really started to to put the foot down and play aggressive cricket. So it could possibly be just that. Um, sometimes New Zealand allows the other team to dictate play a little bit. Mm. Well, what is your prediction for the series? Um, that's a real tough one. I mean, you know, if, if you're basing on history, you know, 2-0 Australia, um, you know, a competitive 2-0, I think when sometimes when people say, um, you know, 2-0 or 3-0 series one, um, people perceive that as being a thrashing. Um I think that it'll be a very, very close series, but I, I sense that Australia will just get over, over the line. Um, I think they're very battle-hardened, um, but I think New Zealand will put up a, a great fight and there'll be two exceptionally good test, test matches. I agree. Well, Adam, thanks for joining me to wrap up day one of the test from Wellington. Australia 9 for 279. I'm really excited. It's on a beautiful time zone for Australians. First ball's at 9am, so very good for us to get up and have the test cricket on straight away. Uh, where can the listeners find you and your podcast? Um, so the Cricketeers NZ Twitter page is probably the best spot. Um, 
I think that's my my handle at the moment. Um, yeah, at Cricketeers NZ. That's my my Twitter handle. So they can find my podcast there. Perfect, well, Adam. Thanks for joining me on the show. Great to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of the Test match, and hopefully we can catch up again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Menas. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.